Welcome to episode one of Shoot the Shit, the podcast where I interview men because I want men to talk. Today, I'm joined by a good friend, Matthew King, um, and yeah, we're just going to have a chat and talk about all things life, um, vision, and uh, chuck in a little bit of mental health. Matthew King, thank you for, for joining me. Pleasure, pleasure. Thank you for having me. Uh, no worries. I think, obviously, first things first. Um, who is who is Matt King? What is what's he about? What's his what's his journey? What makes Matt King a man? I guess. Oh, that's a very good question, Lewis. That's a a big one to throw at me straight away. Um, well, I think a big definition of me is sport. I've been very sporty most of my life. Um, I base most of my things around sport, whether it's my lifestyle, it's my uh, ambitions whether that's what I've done in the past, whether it's playing, reading, learning and researching about it. I'd say it's quite a pivotal thing for me. It's my strongest interest. Um, what else makes me a man? I don't know. All sorts of things, really. Um, I am very musically driven as well. Not that I play that much, but if it comes to knowledge, certain bands and listening and finding new music, uh, I pride myself in taking time to, to do that. Uh, I'm a dab hand in the kitchen. I think, uh, in my eyes, a good man can, can cook well, so I like to pride myself on that. Um, and, yeah, I mean, just continually developing, Lewis. I'm a partial way through my life. I've got this far, and uh, I'm willing to keep learning and keep developing as best I can. Amazing. So I think we met at, at uni, which is quite a big big step for a lot a lot of people in their in their life um, you mentioned sport you were actually my uh, my coach originally and then, I was uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah in in the in the wonderful sport of rowing and then we we became we became friends from that um, which was that that for me was probably a big that sort of like where we were quite a tight knit group of of men it wasn't really like a conversation of like uh talking about feelings but it felt like a, a camaraderie um i mm. guess you you've met you've mentioned sport already i think one of the things that i really want to get out of this is talking's great and sort of understanding like your feelings and where you're feeling bad and like sort of addressing that thing but not uh, one thing that i've sort of noticed with conversations that i've had with people is everyone's different and everyone sort of gets out of gets out of ruts or gets themselves into ruts for different reasons. Um, and I imagine that that element of sport and that sort of being able to be part of a team, whether you're having a conversation with that person genuinely about your feelings or whether you are just uh, playing that sport together, that in itself is a, is a way of stepping out of a negative sort of mindset. Is that is that something that you'd agree with? What's your sort of viewpoints on team sport, individual sport? Like, how do you see sport helping um, in that sense? I think it certainly can, and it depends on the group of people that you're playing with. I had a very, I mean, I, like I said, sports a really important thing to me. Uh, I didn't. I started playing cricket actually when I was younger. I used to love playing cricket. Um, my dad was a huge influence on my sporting career. He was a very good sportsman um, when he was sort of my age now and a bit younger. And he was a big rugby man and he wanted his boys to play rugby. But lo and behold, actually, at the beginning, I didn't really want to play rugby. I'd played it a couple of times. It wasn't something I was really driven towards. It was actually something I grew 
myself into a bit more. Um, I had a bit of a natural talent for it. I was quite good at it. Um, it, I think my dad was proud of it, which was a, which, which was a strong point. But uh, during my earlier stages of sport, I suppose, I wasn't like super keen. Like I, I was in a team where I was a bit like, I don't know, I never had close connections with like my team members, but I actually, I worked my way up. I was captain of the team for a long time up until sort of mid-teens. Um, but there were certainly times when I dreaded going. I was, I was quite a shy sort of introverted person when I was, when I was a lot younger. So sport was a good thing to force me out of my comfort zone. That's for sure. Um, but it wasn't all like sort of plain sailing and yeah, I can't wait to go and train and play a game. Um, but as I got older and sort of, I suppose, uh, accept, not accepted, um, understood like the, the ins and outs of sport and actually the, the real benefits of it. And I think as I started getting to my later teens, I kind of went from my boyhood, my boyhood club, uh, to a much higher level playing club because it was like, I was recognized as a good player and that was, that was quite a nice confidence boost. And I kind of could see myself sort of my commitment, my, as I was captain stuff, like my drive from my first team, I was kind of pushing away and wanting more, which, I mean, I'm not the most ambitious person, but when it comes like that, and I'm, when you are sort of putting your, putting your body out there every week and you're getting beaten up and you haven't got people around you supporting you, it kind of it, it dampens the experience. So moving up to this better team was, was really good. Um, but I think the main drive came from actually when I started at college. Um, I'd come with not a reputation, but people had heard that I was coming up to the college and I would have been a decent addition to the team. I got into the first team in my first year, which is um, at college level, not necessarily heard of too much. And we were very lucky to have actually a very strong year. And in our second year, I was on platform again, again, nice sort of confidence boost. I think those two years were the best, most enjoyable time of rugby and sport I played. Um, a, because I was given that responsibility and like I liked the idea of sort of looking after a team, but I think more so the team actually wanting to play well and wanting to play with me and for me. Um, so I found that like a really proud moment. And actually the group of lads I played with, like I'm really close friends with a few of them still. Um, we were we were a good bunch. And like you say, that camaraderie we had at uni, I kind of had that in my in that um in that rugby team and it's, it's a special thing like when you're with people where you can tell them if they're fucking around stop doing that but at the same time you go for pints afterwards and you have a really good sort of outer team and social life as well um i think that's what really sort of drove my sort of i reckon from 16 to 19 20 those three four years of rugby were the highlight of my rugby career at least um and then i think but unfortunately through that whole time injuries were quite rife for me I've uh, I've always been a bit of an, an injury basket and by the time I'd hit my early 20s I'd sort of had enough and that's when I found the, the uh, sport of rowing and thought it would be a, a relatively good substitute but um, I mean it never quite hit the itch but it, uh, it was a new challenge and something something different for me to get my teeth sunk into and actually it's and again it, it's molded a huge amount of my sort of 20s I suppose because then after uni and going through it, it it really drove where I thought my my career and what I wanted to do in that direction um but not so much now 
not so much now. So but much yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting that you say that that it's um, that because for me, like, and just like to sort of link it about, it's like a lot of people say one of the key things is exercise and and, and getting out there and sort of trying to find an outlet. But it's really important that that outlet is is the right outlet. Like it's yeah. all right. Uh, like I see a lot of these charities, like not to. Um, say that they're not doing good work but it's like come and play football with us but like you might have played football as a kid but you're you might not enjoy playing football to mm. a certain level or there might be someone there that's trying to to drive the level up and that in in itself is naturally gonna make it slightly worse it's like your your outlet becomes less enjoyable which then adds pressure and sort of creates that sort of cycle so i think it is really important to make sure that it's something that is the right level or the right sort of team or yeah right activity i think you said it yourself there you you tried something else and that's not uh, you could have gone and um sat in the in the fourths or as an injured uh rugby player and sort of not done sport and ended up in that and sort of lent more on the social side of it whereas i think it is important to to have a fitness element to it, to have that social side of it. And that could have potentially been, you might have seen them playing rugby and that might have driven you into a bit of a spiral of like, I, I really want to play and potentially injure yourself further. And who knows what that could have, could have led to from a, from a mental health point of view, like what that yeah. could have done. So it's. I think my final, my final sort of injury and surgery, um, that was probably one of the lowest points I think where I'd been like, I don't want to play sport anymore. Like I've had enough. I don't like, this is, I'm just sick of being in and out of hospital recovering. You play for a handful of matches a season. I don't think I ever played a whole season. And yeah, I think when, I think at a younger age, you can kind of brush it off. You heal a bit quicker and, and it's, it's a bit easier. Um, and I think maybe something like I mentioned, like my first team, I was even as a, I started playing when I was nine. I left them when I was 15, 16, I think. And I was the one consistently turning up to training, but I was the one also consistently getting injured because I didn't have a supportive team around me um, to actually help me in situations. Like I got carted off in an ambulance near every other weekend. Um, I almost had my own parking spot at the hospital. I knew all the St. John's ambulance. Like it was, it was to that level. And it, like, like I said, at that age, you bounce back a bit quicker. You go back, you're a bit more like, oh, it's okay. But actually, as I got older, you get a bit more fed up with it. And that, uh, other than other lower points I've had for a sporting uh, a sporting blip, that sort of in-between of my knees buckling at the age of like 19, 20, and then coming to university, I think, a couple of years later. So I didn't really play any sport. Did a bit of gymming and stuff in between, which, I mean, I still do now, but it's not quite the, it's not quite the same. Um, but yeah, that's certainly a injury is a big one. Injuries is a really big one for a lot of people, and I, I don't know if I had much of an outlet, or I think I spoke to my dad about it a bit. But again, going through your late teens, um, I don't know if I mean back then, you, you wouldn't have thought there's much support. Like you can speak to your dad so much, and none of my actual mates, because none of my like my mates at college by then had sort of moved on to university and stuff, so I didn't see them as much, and. None of my mates from home play sport. They play a couple of them play a bit of football, but other than that, no one's really been a 
a full-on sport player at that age. So it's not like I can fall back onto my really close friends from home. Um, so yeah, it was quite a tough one. Um, and then I think, yeah, so I, I found rowing and more injuries reoccurred. And then again, I think I had to stop to my knees and that's, I mean, that's hence why I moved into coaching as well. A lot of people do, don't they? Can't play anymore, so they start coaching. Um, and I'd never coached before. And it, that, again, it's sort of pushing myself out of my comfort zone, which I do, I think what you were saying earlier about sort of finding that right sport and making sure it is right for your mental health. I think that is a massive thing. But at the same time, sometimes you do need to push yourself out of that comfort zone and, and challenge yourself and not like, and give it a bit of a go at least, not like sort of go, oh, I don't know, and then try and have a bit of a kick about. Like I think a bit of resilience, especially when it comes to mental health, is really key. Like it's it's great being aware and understanding and getting help at the same time I think you can do some of that yourself and learn to be resilient towards things and think right well I do feel a bit shit or this is out of my comfort zone or I'm not sure I'm a bit anxious about this but actually I know I'm a bit stronger than that and let's just give it a go um I've always had the sort of mindset I I find it I struggle when people go I don't like that they're like well have you tried it oh no no I don't like can't do that yeah i'm a bit like come on you can give at least give something a crack and give it a decent go before you really write off if it really makes you feel uncomfortable um so yeah like it's it's an interesting one but i definitely agree you do want to find the right thing but there's got to be a little bit of resilience and effort put towards it i think than writing things off yeah definitely i think for me recently i've sort of the reason that they sort of started this podcast was mental health started to become a little bit more of a of a prevalent thing within my life whether i'd seen it from uh from friends or um whether it, it just started to become a little bit more of a forefront of of, of news and it sort of, sort of and obviously there's always going to be a personal element to, to mental health and i mm. I, I, I sort of took stock and i sort of said right where am i at as as as, as me as sort of like a in my current in my current state and it's exactly what you said there like you have to you have to be ready to make a change it's it's oh. it's very easy and i think this is sort of where you have dependency on sort of support and sort of a lot of listening and a lot of talking but at the end of the day i think that that final stage and that where i'm going to make a difference is i have to make a commitment to this i'm going to start a new sport, start a new hobby, speak to more people, go to more parties, whatever it might be, or whatever you see as your your growth or your movement out of uh, the rut, I guess, essentially, oh. it, it has to be it has to be a commitment. You're, you're 100% correct on that. You can't go into it half-arsed because you're more likely to fall back and potentially make it worse because you're like, oh, I tried that, that didn't work. Yeah, no, exactly. I think it's... I think I kind of categorize that as sort of like self-development and like you exactly said, like you can get so much help, you can talk so much, you can express your feelings, which is, which is great. And it's that first step of like identifying it. Um, and this is something I've, I've been working on quite recently or some sort of the last five years, for various reasons. Um, and yeah, like it's good. It's really good. That first analysis and understanding and thinking, right, well, I do need, to speak to someone or, or get some help and things and then it's then what you do with that information and how it actually benefits you like going to, like I've, I've seen a counsellor for a long time I'm not currently seeing one at the moment 
but I would totally recommend it to anyone, whether you're feeling a bit down, whether you're in a shit situation, whether you just need someone neutral. It's amazing what you can say to someone you don't know. It actually makes it a lot, lot harder, uh, easier, sorry. Um, and But then again, it's like, right, well, I've done this. We've identified a few things, but you can't take it. You've got to take everything with a, a slight pinch of salt. Like it, it's not necessarily that, like the, it's so complex. Like you've got to take a few things that resonate to you and then you've got to run with it. You've got to say, right, well, if this is happening, right, that's the problem. What's the solution? You can't just keep sitting on the problem. Like, oh, I've got a problem. Um, well, guys, I've got a problem. Okay. It's not that. It's like, right, okay, here's the problem. What can I do about it? Do I need to do some different therapy? Do I need to change these things? What is it about me that I can change personally that I can improve on that? Otherwise, you're just never going to get any better. There's like, it's a bit like, um, like when you're grieving and stuff, you go through seven stages of grieving. It's like the seven stages of like recovery and, and changing. Like you've got to identify, you've got to make a move and you've got to stay consistent. And like you say, you've got to commit to it. Um, you can't just do it a little bit. But like anything, it's not an overnight process. It's not something that you're going to go, right, okay, I'm going to change that and then I'm going to be the best version of me. It's like it it, it, it comes in swings and roundabouts. Do you do it? You identify it in some areas stronger than others and then you just got to keep working. Um, but like it makes like it makes life a lot easier when you do that and sort of like I say it's that resilience of actually wanting to make that change and personally developing on things and I wouldn't say try and do everything at once but if you've identified a few things that you know and you've got to accept that that is something that you do work on then you can then go about actually learning how to work on that like reading I've done loads of reading on various things I, I know I've wanted to work on um my communication styles, how I communicate, how I get my feelings across. And it doesn't work 100% of the time, but as long as I know I'm working on it and I try my very best, and sometimes it makes me feel really fucking uncomfortable, but once I've done it, it's like, oh, okay, that was way easier than, like, if it's bottling something up for however long or if it's not expressing away your feeling. Um, like, I think it's, it's just really important to then be aware of yourself and actually be happy with yourself as well for making those those changes and sort of working on those developments like we're all works in progress it takes a long time like I'm 32 in a couple of months and it's taken me this long to in the last like I say the last sort of five years to really understand that but from where I was when I was 17 uh, 17 27 28 to now like I feel so much stronger and and then it has a huge impact on everything else in around life, like the relationships you're in towards your family, towards the things you do. Um, it definitely makes life better if you want to keep developing and not sort of stay on that one block. I think. Yeah, most definitely. I think it's quite funny that you say it's easier to talk to someone you don't know. Um, I was I was actually rather nervous about starting this um, because I thought I'm going to talk the easiest people to talk to will be my friends and then I was like actually this is going to be like I was just about to uh, it was like ten twenty nine I was like oh, he's going to be here in a minute um, is he early yeah <laughs> um, but yeah we um, we obviously we see each other not as regularly as we did at uni but we we still try and keep in touch and obviously it's not nervous when we see each other then but we've chosen to actually have a a serious conversation for a change i imagine that, that like there's a, there's always a little bit of banter and a little bit of ribbing which is like we're we, we sort of 
yeah, it's just just men, I think, in general, mm-hmm. like no matter where you come from. But I think you touched on some really good points there, which for me is it's it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be a, a full solution, and it's always about giving something a hundred percent and also testing and trying different things. I I'm one of the reasons that I want to do this, and one of the reasons that I want to talk to lots of people is. You said they're reading. You said that you've had counselling. Counselling isn't going to work for everyone. Reading isn't going to work for right. everyone, but it might right. work for someone else who's not who's not tried that. And I think for me, I I didn't go down a counselling route. I just looked myself in a mirror and just wrote everything down and mm. went right. That's the shittest thing on my list right now. That needs to be sorted. Otherwise, all of this is going to get dragged down with it. And like you said. That's that might lead into relationships. That might lead into things with family. That might lead into to business and career, whatever whatever that might be. So um, it's just good to hear what other people are doing. And I think some people might just want to listen to this conversation and never. That's their action is like okay. Yeah. So these guys are talking about it. I'm now going to go and and assess what what's wrong with me. They may never go and speak to someone, which is also fine. But you have to be at that point where it's like. I'm ready to make a change and I'm ready to sort of assess this as with, as with anything, I guess, like if it was um, re- rehabilitation from an injury, whether it was drug or alcohol, like whatever your condition might be, if you're not going back into that a hundred percent and committed to moving away from that, you're more likely to either cause yourself more damage or revert back to where you, where you were originally. Um, You've obviously touched on your your age. You're a an old you're an old man. Wide shoulders <laughs> on a young body. Um, is, I try um, and stay young. I try and stay young. You try and stay young now. Um, what what do you think has been some I guess societal pressures? So like we're I've I've just turned thirty. Well, I say just January, so coming up to thirty one. Yeah, almost thirty one, um, mate. Yeah, the societal pressures of like sort of where where we need to be, where we need to be at. Like, you went to uni a lot later than me. I went to uni a year later than is the norm. Mm. What do you What do you think has been some societal pressures that you've you sort of faced, and, and um, how have you, if you have overcome them? I've been pretty lucky, to be honest. Like, societal pressures are one thing I try not to let get to me like I want to live my life I don't want my life to be driven by others perceptions of what my life should be like it's something that's probably actually come a bit more relevant now more in the sense that in my the relationship I'm in at the moment like my girlfriend is a bit older than me and we want to continue our life together sort of thing and she has uh like her idea of like having kids and a house and thing are a bit stronger than mine. Like I'm, I've, I've never completely written it off, but it's something that we've had to address, and it's probably one of the more recent things I've had to sort of really bit like you did. You said you sit in the mirror, like you kind of sit down, you have a real think of like, right, well, having a, a free flowing live for the moment life is is great, but when you've got someone really special in your life that has to have a bit more responsibility about things like having children because she like that that window doesn't stay open forever um and the sort of the ideas of settling down um yeah it's more in the last sort of year that's become a real a reality for me i suppose um and i've had to actually sit and think about it and not so much 
society it's more the situation the person you're with i think like all my friends at the moment are getting married having kids and i'm a good and i mean some of them are a bit younger than me some of the same age as me i'm a good sort of year off that but it has made me think i'm like i mean at the moment i'm unemployed i'm living back with my parents slash around the world which is amazing like i'm doing what i love and thankfully i've got like an amazing partner that also loves that which definitely makes it easier i mean i had to sort of apply a little bit of pressure to get it to come away but I think it was a really good move for both of us at the same time and it's something we fell in love about so I'm like it's it's super important and like really uh really special for me that she wanted to do that and we could do it this year um but yeah like I've just spent seven weeks in the Namibian desert just the two of us you get to know someone pretty well when it's just the two of you when the the next town isn't for another two hours away so um it's yeah, this sort of topic of kids and houses and settling down and when all your friends and people around you are, are doing so, a pressure I've never experienced before. Like, it made me question myself because I'm like, like, am I just pissing my life away? What am I doing with myself? And I've never had that before. Like, I've always been really headstrong in terms of, like, I don't, I don't want to be living a life that's judged by what other people are doing. I mean, that's, and that's a big reason why I don't use social media and, like, I don't, like I don't want that influence because it's just I find it negative I find it really constricting like who are you to say that I should be doing this this and this basically just because everyone else is doing it why is society like that um but I mean that's that's probably another topic for another podcast yeah last six to 12 months is it's become a bit more of a realization but I wouldn't say it's more society I'd say like if you've got a partner that you love dearly you've got to make compromise like you've got to you've got to listen to them and I think that's another big thing like in terms of mental health and being in situations is having the ability to compromise and um actually discuss things and, and it like it it makes you it makes you realize what is important to you um and like having a strong partner certainly is important to me just as much as going around the world doing all sorts of things um so we're, we're both sort of now working out how we incorporate a life together because we're both in the similar sort of thing we don't like society driven life like we don't want to just buy a house have kids and then that's it like we're fucking 32 33 there's so much life to go really um and we're both adventurous so it's how we then incorporate that more adventurous life into um like say having like having that next stage of life together um but other than that, like society-wise, I like to be different to society. I like to do things out of the norm. Like I say, I've spent a lot of my time traveling. I don't, I'm not career-driven. Like I wouldn't say my career is my the definition of me. Not that I say people should be a definition of them, but I'm not like, all oh, my next stage of career, all oh, my next paycheck and all this and that. Like it's, uh, I get that it's, it's necessity, but it's not what I want to be dictating and like, ruling my life basically um i've always i've always worked like don't get me wrong i'm not a freeloader like i work hard but i'm not gonna have it as like turning in and out of an office nine to five or whatever it is like i'm always willing to try and find new things and and do what's right for me but then at the same time having my sort of lack of ambition can sometimes be a detriment to me which has caused me issues because i'm like well if I did have a bit more ambition towards things, it'd be easy to find a job when I get back. And then that whole like pressure of, um, oh, I say pressure, but the responsibility of then needing to, wanting to buy a house or having children, like you've got to support it. Again, I'm not, I'm a realist as well. I'm not 
thinking everything's made out of rainbows and butterflies it all just work out like you have got to have a bit of a a straightforward head on you so it does then start sort of playing on it and I think more recently that's again something I've been working on myself is working on how to think forwards a bit better and be a bit more of a forward planner um, because it's something I've really struggled with um, and not just the sense of like see having children is a big big step but anything I find really hard to really plan forwards for and that's that's something I know is something I now need to work on so it's what I've been really into and um, I've found a couple of things that again like I said earlier you've got to take these things with a pinch of salt it might not be the necessary the right thing or the, the exact thing that is causing these these issues I'm having at the moment but it's something I can read into and relate to so then if that's the case I can start working on things from that and if it works great if it doesn't you go back to the drawing board you start sort of working around things and and seeing what uh, what you can do. And it, I mean, if it got to the case where I was really struggling, I had no bloody idea and I was in a bit of a pit, then I would consider going back to getting some professional help. Um, I'm already considering doing that in terms of my career because like I know I enjoy sport, I know I work outside, but then things just don't come up that regularly. So it's then like, well, maybe I just need a bit of help and guidance to push me in the right direction, give me some ideas of what I could do and then run with it. Um, so yeah i think in terms of society those are the main things at the moment but otherwise i don't try and let it get to me too much yeah i mean well it's a, a great mindset to to have um i think for me um it's a, a similar sort of scenario i've got friends getting married having kids uh, i'm the godfather to to one of my friend's children like they they've bought houses they're getting married they're living living life but mm. yeah for me it's it's just not on it's just not on my radar at the moment and i've i've just accepted that and i think for me and, and i think you've sort of touched on it as well there with the bringing someone else into the equation i think you have to have that right yeah sort of like ground grounding that you, yourself before you sort of move forward with a with a relationship and start to tackle those tough questions. And I yeah, think, I think that's a really good word, actually. Grounding you yourself is, I think that's what I've been doing recently is you've got to, you've got to be pretty willing with yourself and understanding before you can then really uh, incorporate that into your relationship. And then, and then it, like I say, it makes you realize what's important to you. And like, if my relationship was important to me, then I wouldn't want to proceed with like building a life around it. Like it's, yeah. like, that's just a recipe for disaster. Um, so you've got to be really honest with yourself and really honest with your partner in terms of what you want and how it's how it's working. Um, but then it, I suppose, again, speaking on the mental health side of things, like having a really supportive partner has, has been key. Um, like it was my last relationship, which unfortunately drove me to a pretty low point in terms of my mental health and confidence and everything. And then actually finding my current partner who she really brings the best out of me and I feel like I can talk to her about anything um and it's a huge contrast when you have that support um and i think there are certain things i'd rather like i'd probably rather talk to my mates about than than a partner but i know i've got a strong network of friends as well um but i think having that that strength in partner and relationship is is pretty key as well yeah i think so too i think it, it, it the the whole the whole premise of this podcast is is getting men to talk i think it's okay to to lean on your partner, not in a sense of like uh, that step, like your your bottom, and like put a lot of 
extra pressure on them, but yeah, it's it's life and they're they're big decisions. Like a child is is an eighteen year commitment. It's not a, yeah, a, a sort of a, a fumble in the sheets decision. It needs a lot of thought. There's a lot of other other things to it, and there'll be a lot of things as you. Um, sort of bring that child into the world there'll be other other decisions like how do you educate that what's the living situation are we are we going to travel are we going to try and get the the child to in, in, enjoy the world as much as as we do is as one of the sort of side things on that but yeah you you have to talk to them you can't it's not i mean there's a lot of sort of jokes and sort of like um parents like um or potentially a little bit older generations where it was the man went out and worked, the wife looked after the kids. Like we're sort of well past that stage. We've got oh yeah, uh, two two careers, two um, two sets of opinions, two two viewpoints on how to raise a child, and and do they all marry up? And is as you say, is that an important part of of what you want? Is is that what you want for that relationship? And I think it's important to address those things early because you don't want to create resentment, or you don't want to put. Uh, you don't want to stop your partner doing that with someone that might have those those goals themselves, and no. that's sort. Exactly, and these are very real conversations I've been having recently, and it's fucking hard. Um, and like I say, it really makes you do that sort of look in the mirror and make you sort of realise what's important to you. Um, you've got to address things, and yeah, like you say, you, you sometimes you have a bit of a joke, have a bit of a play, but then when it kind of gets to crunch time. Um, the real conversations are pretty hard and I think like I say recently I've been in the arse end of nowhere with just me and my girlfriend and like those conversations come out of the woodwork pretty quickly and it's there's like it's not time to joke anymore like there's some there was some really hard conversations to have um, but like you providing you're, you're on the same page in it and they go well you feel a hundred times better about it and like through that you can identify things like I say like my 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 future planning, my my forward mindset is is pretty minimal, um, but I know that's something I need to work on, and that then reassures her and makes her feel better about the future planning with with me. So we don't want to waste each other's time. And like I say, I mean, it it was part of the conversation that like, well, if she needed someone that like was already confident in that mindset, then not saying it was an option but like it was something we had to talk about and it again it kind of it kicked my ass into gear a little bit because it's like well I don't want to fucking lose her over something like that really like when I know it's not like I don't want kids I don't want a future I don't see a future with you like it's not that black and white it's just more my my head um just sort of going into sticking the head in the sand almost you could say it like just not quite sure and then because I don't know you panic and then it just turns into a bit of a spiral and then you don't talk about it because you've got all these thoughts flowing around your head like oh if I say this if I do that but then actually once you say it and you you say it out loud I think like you said when you spoke in the mirror and you broke down and said this is what's going on actually saying it out loud to yourself and things kind of gives you a real can give you a real boost anyway it worked for me might not work for it like I say not everything works for everyone but giving people yeah. options and ideas of how to how to do things and communicate things is is a better toolbox than not doing anything at all i think yeah i think i think for me when it comes to sort of relationships whether that's friends family or sort of like partners in that sense 
it's definitely important to have those tough conversations. They're tough for a reason. Like mm. your is that is that grounding again? It's that fair fair playing field, and that you're gonna you're gonna have a stronger relationship out of it, and hopefully a more fruitful and a, and a longer term relationship. And if you've got that's that's a key part to to people's mental health. If that's struggling, if they're like super career driven or super family driven and you're like oh jesus christ i don't want this and you feel like you're being dragged along mm. like because you've not said anything that's potentially going to take you to a place that you don't want to be and what no. that might do for your for your mental health could be significantly worse than just having the conversation at the at the sort of let's let's slow down let's have a conversation and then go away as two separate people and and come back and make a a sensible decision um, rather yeah. than sort of rushing in or, or be or, or get, in some cases just being just being dragged like you see it with with some men that are just panicked they've got a girlfriend and all of a sudden 18 months later married and got a kid in the house and they're like how did that happen yeah i mean it it works both ways and you've got to give some things time and like we're we're talking together on a podcast and it's, it sounds like it's a bloody walk in the park but it there's so many, <laughs> so many different situations out there, and I think well, yeah, like it's, it's easy to say we've just got to have a conversation. But I've definitely been in situations where you might not feel confident or comfortable having that that sit that conversation. So I suppose again, we're at this moment we're at that stage of like, right, we need to we're identifying things that need to happen, like how to get men talking or ways around doing it. But then it's I suppose it's then down to how people can feel comfortable doing and actually the actions that are taken um like it's it's super hard and like i definitely still find myself sometimes sticking my head in the sand and not wanting to have a conversation or putting things off a bit longer than they probably should have done or letting things stew in my head a bit longer and then and then if i'd said it i don't know days or weeks earlier it would have just sort of it would have had less pressure on myself and usually the moment you say it um it does make life a lot easier and you feel like a big weight off your shoulders but yeah that's the sort of the million dollar bit isn't it it's like how you then transfer this awareness and this this initial stages into making it a lot more confident um yeah i no i completely agree with you i think we this is obviously a solution the the biggest issue isn't isn't necessarily the talking part that i i think we both agree that the biggest issue is that self-awareness is that first step mm. and then that second step is am i going to do something about it like yeah. if you're unable to like and, and and that's where we've sort of talked about the professional the professional angle and that might be that thing that sort of kickstarts that that side of things but for some for some men i think it, it it can just be a case of this is where i'm at this is where i want to be there's something not working here what's not working and having that conversation with themselves but it it, it is unfortunately and, and probably will be like you say the million dollar question and probably the hardest thing to diagnose or the hardest thing to spot is when you're going down is like where do yeah. you catch yourself on that on that yeah. fall like if you if you can spot it early great if you're like but that's never the case you're never going to spot it day one you might be like oh that was no. good and then all of a sudden two days later you're feeling a bit down but you like you brush it off it's yeah. usually months and months and months of uh, of pressure or um thoughts or just sort of being left alone with your own own decisions and just takes you to a point where you're like oh shit where's nine months two years ten years and some kind of like 
these bouts yeah, of, of mental health. Time. Yeah, so it's it's just that. How do we get people to go? Oh shit! Yeah, like mm. that. That's the first stage, and obviously these are all great, great talking points and, and great things to to get people past that stage once they've got to, got to that stage. But that's going to be the biggest stage. Is men? It's not necessarily men don't want to talk. It's sometimes men are just it's the realization of I it guess all. oblivious. Yeah, yeah, it's just oblivious, oblivion going through. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just and sort it, of and powering I think, through life. And there's, I think you could also look at different sort of like social economic levels of where men come from, like whether you're looking at a poverty stricken sort of level all the way up until high functioning leveling of like top society, if you want to call it that. But in terms of like the, the top percentage of earners, the, the, the high the high rollers and everything, like there's, there's such a vast like for not just for men for women for the whole vastness of society like it it ranges and i think what we touched on earlier like it's one thing it's not a one shoe fits all sort of sort of method but it's then like it's it's such a big can of worms i think because i was speaking to someone the other the other evening or the other day in the pub and he's had gambling drug drink addictions and stuff and uh he was like well, i'm getting back in the gym now like he's a big lad and he's like get back in the gym of training and uh yeah i've been and he was going on about oh, test all the tests of me and stuff i was like obviously oh, taking steroids and like i've been with my sports background like i know quite a bit about steroids and i sort of started questioning him and he was a bit taken aback he's like oh you you sort of know what you're talking about i was like yeah well I'm, i come from a sporting background like you you need to learn all the ins and outs of things and understand why people do that and then and then everything and he was getting and he was sort of going on i was like well He's like, yeah, I have two weeks in. I've just, I've just started training off the bat, and I was sort of like, well, if you haven't trained for years and you're going straight onto the steroids and stuff, like, what, what's, what's the point? Like, if you're not gonna, if you're not going to sort of build up a bit of a foundation base, and then I understand if, if that's the route you want to take, fine, that's, that's, that's your choice. I've got no judgment towards it whatsoever. Um, I was sort of questioning him, like, well, why do it straight off the bat? Like, you're still going out on the weekend, having a few drinks, and sort of having a a heavy weekend he's like yeah monday to friday i'm really clean i don't drink like eating well but then on the weekend i sort of blow it and i was kind of like i put like i was i was pushing him a little bit i could see he was getting a little bit uncomfortable about it and, but i like it was a, a conversation i'm really interested in so i wanted to just see see how it went and uh he was like you don't get it like i was addicted to gambling i was addicted to drugs i was addicted to booze i need something to be addicted to to make me do it almost and i didn't quite understand that at first, like I was just giving the whole as a more like the professional side of things. And again, this is something I've sort of only really just reflected on in the last couple of days, more in the build up to this. Cause I thought it was quite a good, um, good example to talk about because like, I didn't understand his situation as much. And I was giving it the whole professional side and why are you doing this, why are you doing that, like you should do it this way and stuff, but actually not taking his personal account of he's got all these mental health issues that I've never experienced in my life. I have no idea where he's coming from. I can spurt all this stuff that I know about, but actually, is it relatable to what he can do? Um, and yeah, actually, it hit me the other day. I was like, yeah, I've, I have no fucking idea his situation, like why he has to do it. If that's what gets him into the gym and that's what's doing it, who am I to say you're doing it wrong or you're not benefiting from it? Like, it, I still think it's not the best way to do it, but if that's what's going to get him away from boozing, taking drugs all weekend, all week, 
and getting back in the gym and it's like it's not I mean it's probably not as detrimental to his health and stuff as everything else he was doing so who am I to sort of go why are you doing that I will always challenge it and I always have my opinion on things but then yeah I had that sort of realization as I've never been addicted to anything I don't understand that addiction side of things and I would need to understand more about it than he was saying and actually I think even just having that conversation with him was really again opening it was two guys him talking about his addictions and what's working for him at the moment and yeah then I had a bit of a like oh shit did I push him a bit far then did I go in a bit heavy but actually like I was saying my piece he was saying his but it's made me then learn a lot more about other people's mental health not just my own but actually how other people deal with things and certain treatments that or methods that would work better for them um so I thought that was a really interesting conversation I had quite recently and it made me yeah think again like I know a lot but I don't know anything about that I don't know other people's situations I think that that rings really clearly with like like we said like not everything is going to work for everyone it's not a one shoe fits all and then that vast spectrum of people and, and how it all works for everyone is uh is again it's a it's quite a sometimes overwhelming thought to have um but having these conversations like the the highlight of it through obviously the pandemic and everything is, is a great way to really open it up and make people feel more confident but i still feel like this is quite early stages of the the development and the the progression in in tackling and helping mental health i don't think it'll ever be tackled but you can certainly certainly help it and, and sort of get people on the right track of understanding understanding things yeah yeah definitely i think your really interesting conversation i mean we're we both suffer from a form of mental health everyone suffers from our form of mental health but yeah we are thankfully from a from our position and and where we're at it's not the worst situation there are so many other other elements that could have could have uh, uh, been in place that could have made us fall further down that that slope um, mm. before we sort of addressed it like you touched on it um, there's social economic um, thing factors that might be on there there's obviously addiction there are a, a myriad of things that affect mental health and there is no solution there is no one size fits all as you said I think for me it's awareness is probably the biggest thing again another reason that i want to do this is just to just bring up more awareness i think it's really funny that you um said that it was in the pub there's a there's a guy that um i found on linkedin a a few few weeks ago before sort of looking at this he started a a mental health charity for men it's called two pints deep um i think i'm aware actually he's just having he just has a ghost for people yeah, well, it's it goes for a beer for people, but it's also that sort of when people start to open up is that second oh. pint. So it's two pints deep is when you're more likely to to open up, which is quite a, a fun way of looking at it. But it's it's important that it's not always that case. Like we should be having these conversations a little bit more. Yeah. So yeah, that's the that's the whole reason for this, and I, I want to speak to as many as many men as possible. Obviously, started with um, you guys. Um, friends and family will be sort of the first port of call but i will be reaching out to as many people that are willing to willing to speak so yeah i'm, I'm excited to, to hear other people's stories i'm, I'm honored that you've uh, shared some stories with me i think we've had discussions ourselves as as friends but you've also potentially opened up a little bit more in this um that you might not have 
done in a more friendly setting. So yeah, again, it's, it's great that you. Quite right, and I think yeah, like I think it'd be great for this to drive off. Like I was, I had a, a, a slight hesitation at first, but actually it was definitely overcome by actually it's, it's a really good opportunity. And, and like you say, like we we've, we've been friends for a long time, and like you you do touch on these things. But actually, sometimes when you put in an environment like this, and it's it's a bit more specific i suppose about a topic i think again for, for anyone it, it for me anyway it makes it a bit easier to talk about because you know you've got that specific like just dropping into conversation that like something isn't right or things like it, it can be a bit hard and i think maybe that's sometimes one of the hardest things is actually when something is hard and how you how you approach it yourself and how you go and talk to people and <clears throat> other than just going i suppose you could just go i need to talk to you about something but for me that i find that really hard like because it already almost set to set to tone of what you're going to talk about, and then it I don't know if it yeah. builds like a a bit of pressure behind it. But something like this, like I, I find it like I'm not shy, I'm not scared about talking about issues and things I've had, and I think it's it's definitely something that hopefully can encourage other people to do so. Um, and I think yeah, with the rest of the the podcast, like you say, branching out like like I touched on, like the whole social economic side of things, and like really getting people from different walks of life. Um, because I think yeah, our friendship group and sort of family stuff like we 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 all have similar walks of life, and you would have like I can imagine it all being relatively similar conversations. We've obviously all got our own stories and got things to go through, but it would be really interesting to speak to people in high pressure jobs or people that are in poverty and stuff, and see like that's when you start getting the whole the whole spectrum of of things and different walks of life and and things that affect people. Like one thing that affects me or like a group of friends could affect someone completely differently um and i think that that's for me that would be a personal interest of seeing where that that kind of lies yeah i think i'm interested in that i'm also interested in i don't i actually don't think we're going to even though we're all from similar we're a friendship group that those initial ones i'm actually really excited to see how how different they all are i do genuinely think they'll all be significantly different just because of other conversations that i've had with yeah with yeah no. people uh, i may have generalized that so, a little bit more uh, well i i know where you're coming from from sort of like a a standpoint you're, you're talking yeah. more of the, the spectrum of, of everything else so it's um it's all going to be interesting i'm really looking forward to it but yeah um Matt, I appreciate your time. Thank you so Pleasure, much for as always. guest number one. What, Thank you very what much for having me. Um, the pilot. Yeah, no worries. Exactly, <laughs> yes. Awesome. All right. Cheers, mate. Bye. Nice one. Bye. See you soon.